Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily edition for Tuesday, February 8th. Flyers will be back tomorrow to take on the Detroit Red Wings off the All-Star break. And first stars of the week honors for Claude Giroux. Obviously had a pretty darn good weekend at NHL All-Star game and picked up the MVP. And the Flyers, like I said, be back at it tomorrow night against the Detroit Red Wings. Now, so much has happened inside this season for the Flyers. So much has been in flux, whether that's been players in and out of the lineup, obviously the uh, dismissal of Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Therrien. Uh, Mike Yo brought in as the interim head coach. Not brought in, he was here, but named the interim head coach. And part of the equation in some of those things that have changed this year is the role of Nick Schultz. Now, he played over 1,000 games in the NHL, was working for the Flyers in a player development capacity, but when the changes happened to the coaching staff, Nick Schultz headed to the bench. I had a chance to catch up with Nick yesterday, talk about that change to being a coach on the staff now and moving forward for him and what that means and much, much more. Here's my conversation with former Flyer defenseman, over 1,000 NHL games, Nick Schultz. Joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily, he was in player development. Now he's behind the bench. He is former NHLer, all-around good guy. It is Nick Schultz. Nick, how you doing? Pretty good. Yourself? Good. It's It's been a bit of a whirlwind of a season for you, huh? Yeah, it's been uh, yeah, a few changes or whatever, but it's uh, it's been exciting. I mean, obviously, I have a passion for the game, and when you're when you're done, when you're not playing, um, you want to kind of keep, keep busy. I got an opportunity to coach my son's team and keep me busy that way and, and you know to do a little bit of the development stuff as well and, and now get an opportunity with the with the flyers to kind of learn learn on the fly a little bit in a unique situation with with what went on with the um with a couple of the coaches um you know moving out or whatever so just kind of you know trying to trying to learn and and work with uh with the staff there and stuff it's been uh, it's been a good experience so far all right as a former nhl player careful how you answer this difference between coaching your son's team and coaching nhl players I mean, it's actually crazy. They, it still seems like they make the same mistakes, regardless if they're <laughs> if they're playing youth hockey or at the pro level. Ultimately, it's the it's the same game you watch. It's it's the same stuff that you that you see to me. Obviously, at a different different level, different uh, pace, different skill, all that stuff. But ultimately, it's the it's the same game and uh, that that you watch at a youth level as you see in the NHL. Obviously, just the just the uh, the skill and the level is is quite a bit different but it's uh it's the same stuff you see see from 15 years old to, to the guys at, at 20 21 to you know 30 years old so coaching can be maddening sometimes because you see things differently you see things and you're not on the ice feeling it but and you kind of go like like how can you make that play in that spot like it'll drive you nuts because you're not out there doing it but as a guy who played in the NHL I'm sure you understand that a little bit different than some other people yeah, but I think as uh, coaching is the next best thing. I've kind of learned to, as you can play or whatever. If you're the games kind of pass you by and you're kind of you had your you had your turn and and now you get an opportunity to teach it and everything you've experienced uh, playing the game, you can kind of hand off and and you kind of from playing it being there, you kind of know and feel what's going on. It can help these guys in in certain situations. You know, if it's during practice with something that they can work on, or if it's in game, whatever it. Uh, whatever it may be. And it's, uh, it's fun. It's the next, you know, you're still in the game, uh, a part of it. So that's, that's nice. And you want to help these guys and have them enjoy a, a long career like you did yourself. So. You're not that far removed, Nick, from when you played, you last played in the 16, 17 season, but the league seems to be on rapid 
change. You know, it's like speed and skill. The kids come in more ready now than they've ever been and aren't afraid to get creative and try new things. How much has it changed just since you've been out there playing and kind of what you're observing now as a coach? Yeah, I think you see it. There is definitely the the young players coming up are, are, are like you said, ready to play. The Just the training aspect, everything that they're doing uh, to be ready at a young age is is quite a bit more advanced than when I even when I came into the league. Um, I think now you see, you know, more and more young players able to play, and some older guys getting getting pushed out or having to, you know, in the salary cap world, it's a different uh, different animal where guys are signing eight year contracts, max contracts out of their second year in the league. So it changes the dynamic of of how you structure your team and the players on your team and how you got to build through the through the draft and developing players. I think that's why development staffs all this stuff has become so important and in the game just with how the structure is with the cap world you really have to make sure your your players hitting are and are good nhl players can help you for a long time when you look at some of the young players that you're working with in particular a guy like cam york we talked to you the other night and you just see how chill of a guy he is first of all not nothing to do with hockey just a kind of a laid-back california kid and sometimes you know the way you are your demeanor off the ice doesn't translate to the way you're on the ice because you put on a helmet and sometimes for some people that becomes an alter ego or a different personality, but cam so calm on the ice makes the eight foot pass real, just like it's nothing, you know, and those little plays are really important. What have you seen out of cam? That's really impressed you. Yeah. Like you just said, I think the biggest thing is he doesn't try to overcomplicate the game. I think a lot of young guys come up and think they got to make the the crazy play, the crazy pass. And and he knows, I think just to be successful, you, you got to play hard. You got to play simple. He's, positionally very sound and, and in the right spots and he's not obviously like a, a big strong guy but I think he knows how to defend the right way with a stick in position uh which is which is key so um and like he did moves the puck well he's on the power play you see the ability he has and the vision he has and just by transporting the puck and, and being in position I mean he can be very very effective there's lots of guys in the league his size as, as young guys that are very effective so he's a he's a smart kid and like you said he has that demeanor to him where he doesn't get doesn't get phased, doesn't get rattled, I think, which is which is big in this league. It's hard. You're going to make mistakes. Things aren't going to go your way, but you got to be able to respond and keep calm, keep cool, and keep uh, keep going throughout the game and, and night in and night out, uh, you know, getting the job done. It's probably, like, almost easier for us to say, hey, he just makes the smart play and doesn't try and do too much. When you see guys like Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, you know, before them, even guys like Brent Burns and, and Eric Carlson that were just such dynamic players with that first pass out of the zone jumping in the play – but he's got his own personality. He he's got a little bit of new age NHL defenseman, but he also has some some old you know tried and true instincts, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the guy kind of up leading the rush like some of those other guys are making the you know the crazy highlight reel goal. But he's he really thinks the game and comes in and times it and comes in kind of as that the next layer of, of offense, the next wave kind of thing. So I think in that part is a little bit, little bit different, but he's got the ability to get up and, and be a part of the play and, and his timing, all that stuff is, is right on, right on point. So, I mean, maybe not to, to McCarr's effect, but there's not many guys that can do what he, what he does as a young, young player. But I think Cam, once the confidence grows and he gets more games in there and, and feels more comfortable, he'll get uh, better and better as he goes along. Wait, you saw that goal earlier this season, that Kale McCarr goal, that was just an absurd offensive play and, and I was at the time Nick I'm going how did no coach flip this guy to be an offensive player to be at, you know to, to be a forward not a d-man but in the league today you can have that skill set back on the blue line 
Yeah, I think a lot of those guys are, are better too. Obviously, playing defense, you can see the whole rink. So a lot of those guys that are smart players like that and have that skill set, when they have the whole game in front of them, I think it becomes much easier for them. If you're playing wing and you got guys coming from behind you chasing, you got D in front of you, you got guys kind of all over the place. It makes it a little bit more more challenging if you haven't played those positions. So I think you know a lot of the guys, those young smart guys that that have the vision and can see the game in front of them, kind of have that landscape and have that vision once they, once they head up the rink or they see everything in front of them and they can, you know, kind of do it just at a different, different rate than other guys can. So some of these guys like Makar and Fox and, and hopefully Yorkie now can, can kind of be in those positions and really dictate the play for your team. Uh, let's talk about uh, Rasmus Ristolainen because he comes in and one of the, one of the elements that Risto brings to the game is that physicality, some nastiness. You better know when he's on the ice because He's going to finish every check and he's going to add that element to a team, not to mention being a freak, you know, physical guy. Uh, When you look at how he's kind of settled in, especially with Travis Sanheim as his D partner, you know, what that element of physicality, how much does that affect not only his, you know, what the players on the ice with him, but the bench and every element of the team? Yeah, I think that's, you know, why the team brought him in. We needed a, a big physical guy. Like obviously, right shot D are, are coveted in the NHL, and he's he's that, and he plays hard. He plays big and heavy, and I know, you know, as a visiting player, the guys don't want to play against them. So, I mean, he, he plays that punishing style, and he's effective. He's, his skill set is actually probably quite a bit better than most people give him credit for. He's a, he's a smart player. He sees the ice well and, and moves the puck moves the puck well and defends defends well. So I think he's got a lot to offer in his, his game. It's it's probably tough as a young player playing in the, you know, not great teams for a lot of years and maybe develop some some bad habits and things. It's hard when you're not not winning. So I mean I think he's he's kind of turned the page a little bit here and like I said, having a consistent partner in, in Sandy. I think they've played some played some good hockey and keep kinda working with him and, and making sure his game grows and, and gets better. Ivan Proveroff's a guy that you know, can handle a ton of minutes. And obviously he's been disrupted over the past couple of seasons. You know, the loss of Matt Niskanen, that sudden retirement. And then you couple that with Ryan Ellis only playing four games this year. He has seen just about everybody this side of the Mississippi as a defensive partner on a top pair. How important is it for guys like Ivan Provorov and top pairing defensemen to have that consistency and partner? Because you have to play instinctual. If you're kind of looking to go, okay, I'm with this guy tonight. Okay. He'll be down below the circle in this situation. This guy likes to get up the wall, whatever it might be. You just don't have time to do that playing in the NHL. It's too unforgiving. Yeah, I think most most of the pairs you see generally, like you talked about with Sanheim and, and Risto, it's nice to have the have the same partner. He has had, you know, quite a few different guys that he's played with. I think Bronny's done a great job, you know, filling that filling that role this year. But ultimately, you know, at his age it's it's hard. It gets hard as you get older to to play those big minutes and night in and night out. It's it's hard on the body. But I mean, he gives you everything he got, he everything he has, he plays hard and he you know, he's a, been a great partner for Proby. I think that pair's been been really good and it's just it's something where you know, you try to slot guys into the right right spots. I think you have have Ellis there is is a big you know he can fill a big hole there and, and really you know solidify that that top pair. And then Bronny playing with somebody like Yorkie, you know, really gives you another solid pair, right? And with Sandy and Risto, you look at just kind of down your your lineup helps having certain guys in the in the right spots and, and playing the the right minutes. So I think all those guys have, have done a good job filling in. But obviously, you lose a key player like uh, like Ellis, it, it really affects your team. And I think for Provi, yeah, he's done a good job kind of adapting. To the, to the different players he's been with, but it's nice to have a steady, steady partner to kind of get, get used to for sure. You know what? 
we, I talk about it all the time, slotting, you know, putting guys in the right slots, it, it makes a huge difference. You know, next man up is a cool thing to say and everything, but if you're slotted, you know, the way you built the team, it changes so much. Nick, let me ask you, as a guy who played over a thousand games in the NHL and you see what, you know, a guy like Keith Yandel just did in the streak to, to break that record of Doug Jarvis. I mean, you play D you, you would, you block shots. You, it, it is, I mean, it's as tough as it comes physically to get to that number. I imagine as a guy who played in this league and played over a thousand games, you'd look at that and go, man, how the hell did he do it? Yeah, pretty much. That's <laughs> it. I mean, it's, it's, it's very impressive to be able to, to do that and not get, not get sick, not have something go wrong. Like whatever it is, there's so many different variables that factor in the fact that he's played that many games in a row is pretty remarkable. And it just goes to what type of, player he is with you know obviously a, a true pro that takes care of himself and does all the right things maybe a little bit of luck factors in with you know standing in front and not taking a shot off the ankle or you know all the different freak things that happen that you see happen to different players throughout their career so maybe fortunate in some regards but ultimately you know he got it done for for a lot of years and and took care of himself and made sure he you know i'm sure a lot of those games he played through a lot of pain and was injured maybe some guys wouldn't have battled through that so i mean it could give him a lot of credit for for how he's played and how long he's played and, and the ability to contribute i mean he's put up some big numbers as a defenseman in the league and then had a great career you know because he does take care of himself and, and and do the right things probably away from the rink yeah it's crazy he's not you know like a a big freak physical guy eat like you know when you see him you don't go wow that guy i mean he's a machine but he's played like that i mean he had i think seven or nine teeth knocked out in the game and still went through it took a puck right in the chops. I mean, that's crazy to me. It's insane what he, that he's been able to play that many games in a row. I mean, the last time he missed a game, I had hair. It was like 2009. <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. I really didn't have hair then. But anyway, uh, last thing for you, you played a thousand games in this league. Giroux's knocking on that door. What did it mean to get to that thousandth game mark? It's a big one because, I mean, just to get into the league and, and make it 200 games is maybe your, you know, your goal when you first get in. But then all of a sudden you look up and you're knocking on a thousand and you surpassed it. What was that moment like for you to kind of reflect on it? Uh, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's pretty special. I think you just kind of look back and, and kind of, you know, think about every, everyone that helped you along the way. And I think it's, it's pretty special. I had family and friends that, that came into town to, to celebrate. And I think it's, uh, it's just kind of a, you know, it's a team sport, but sometimes, you know, you have those, milestones personal achievements or whatever that are that are pretty special and you kind of can think back and 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 remember all the people that helped you along the way right so i think it's it's exciting time for that and i'm sure g's the same way with all of his his family his friends his coaches everyone that kind of helped him get to to be an nhl player and be able to play a thousand games is, is pretty remarkable so and same thing like gans just taking care of himself and being a pro guys that that hit that really know how to do it the right way and it's it's a pretty impressive uh milestone and something that you know him obviously his career has been been remarkable so hopefully you can kind of keep it going all right, lied. I have one more question. Why'd you make Philadelphia home? Uh, you know what? We just when the, when my career was done here, we um, we wanted to come back another year. We kind of moved around with our kids a little bit from Minnesota to to Edmonton and then to Philly here, and just you know didn't want to make the move with not really having any a game plan and um, and going home. Obviously, family and friends back there, but just we love the area. We love. Uh, we love Haddonfield where we live, grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan, and we have that same kind of small town feel there where kids can ride their bikes into town, into school. You know, you're close to a big city in, in Philly, which is which is nice, and lots of friends, lots of, uh, you know, retired guys stay in the area for a reason because they, they like it. They're proud to, you know, to 
play here to be a flyer and it's a unique situation with the organization here mr schneider how he built it kind of family oriented and i think it kind of still has that has that feel you know you go to the rink and mr clark's there and all these homer all these guys that you know are just so proud to be be a flyer so it's a great great place to be a special uh you know place to live and we really love it for for our kids and the opportunities they have for for school and activities and stuff here yeah it's for so you're right so many guys come and like you just you finished up here three years and and then you end up making this the home, you know, the home base. That's it's really cool. You're gonna stick the coaching. Does it got the hooks in you now? Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I think obviously I kind of built the passion just with my son's team there, being being with those guys and having a chance to coach coach young guys and really really help them. And now with these guys, in the NHL, same kind of thing. They're all you know such young young guys for the most part and the older guys you can still i think kind of relate to them just because you play and you know what they're going through and you can kind of really really help i think any player and it's it's fun you see a lot of ex guys that are getting into it now and i think it's it's the next best best thing and you want to be a part of the game and i think as a player if you didn't get a chance to win a stanley cup uh you got an opportunity to be involved with the team and and hopefully have a, a chance to hoist it at some point even if it's a coach i think it'd be pretty pretty special so yeah, it keeps those competitive juices flowing as well, which is always a good yeah. thing. Nick, hey, thanks Absolutely. for doing this. I really appreciate it. Be well. Uh, we'll see you coming up uh, Wednesday night when the Flyers get back at it against Detroit. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, we'll talk soon. For sure. Sounds good. Thanks, Jason. Great to catch up with Nick Schultz once again here on Flyers Daily. Didn't stop playing all that long ago. Finished up his career just about five years ago, so some recency there. And I think that maybe that goes – goes a long way as an assistant coach in the NHL with some of the players and some of the younger players that know that you understand as a coach what they're going through on the ice. I think that can be something that a guy like Nick Schultz can use to credibility moving forward as well. So thanks to him for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers Red Wings as they return from the All-Star break coming up tomorrow at Wells Fargo Center. Everybody have a great Tuesday and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's edition of Flyers Daily.